0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it.
1: Okay, so I disagree with you. I think that I can eat whatever I want, and you think that I shouldn't. Or I think I can drink whatever I want, and you think that I shouldn't. Or I think uh, that I can celebrate certain holidays, but you think that I can't. How do we... (laughs) handle that situation. Uh, Because the assumption is we're both Christians, we both want to honor Jesus Christ with our lives, uh, but we have differences of opinions on how we handle food and drink and holidays. So what do we do? Uh, I'm excited to kind of have a little bit of conversation around that today. Today we are looking at Romans 14 to 16.
0: First of all, there are so many slippery slopes about like the first five sentences of your speech in this episode. My speech, Uh, I like that. Yes, your little opening speech. uh, Yeah. So I'm excited to see where you take that one. I think what has stuck out to me most in this chapter, which usually doesn't because it seems like I'm getting like hung up on a formality at the very end of the letter. But in chapter 16, I was really encouraged by the just like the, the little section where he's saying, hey, make sure you say um, hello to this person for me and reach out to this person. Let them know that Um, like I'm still remembering them, I'm thankful for them. Uh, And there's this whole long list of people. But what really stuck out to me even more so was in chapter 16, verse 13. It says, greet Rufus, first of all, great name. Second of all, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. And I think, especially for us as believers, there are people in your life um, that probably have impacted you in a similar way to Rufus's mother, um, somebody who is older or wiser and like kind of brings you in as family um, as someone who is not only taking care of your physical needs but also taking care of your spiritual needs as if you were their own their own child and it is encouraging to me to know that Paul had those people too and so much so that he is calling it out in his letter. Um, and it's just like so appreciative of how this this godly woman has been taking care of him in his his journey and his missions. Uh I was telling Ryan earlier in our own experience of like very short term missions work. Um there is a couple that we have come to to know and appreciate and although she is not older and wiser, she's definitely like a peer. Um she has opened her house to us, like this couple. But specifically, the wife who didn't need to do so um, extended her her home and opened it to us as family. And I think those those kinds of relationships are so key um, in spreading the gospel in different parts of the world, and also just like reaffirming each other's faith as we take care of each other, as we're like rubbing shoulders alongside one another in mission, uh, in missions. And I think that this just this tiny little piece just really stuck out to me and I think is very significant um, to us as well as we reflect on those who work alongside us in the missions fields that God's placed us in.
1: It's funny how you can pull a lot from like what seems like kind of the epilogue. Of yeah, the that's like what it's I was saying earlier. The postscript. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting. It, it's kind of sort of unique to Romans that there's almost a full chapter of just thankfulness from Paul to specific people
0: like dedication to all those
1: yeah and it it does give you a picture I think you you alluded to this earlier it gives you a picture of the fact that he is not alone and there is quite a few people actually Mm -hmm. um, working together with him and if you look at the names um, it it appears to me and I'm not by any means like a language scholar there's a lot of Greek names in there Mm -hmm. Um, there's some Roman names in there Uh, There would be some Hebrew root names in there. So that gives you not only just a picture of there are a lot of people around Paul. It also gives you, I think, um, again, not a language scholar, but I think it gives you a picture of the diversity of people that are helping him with his mission. They're not all of the same background, I don't think.
0: So that verse really sticks out to me. Verse 16 in chapter 16 says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Uh, And it just gives this, this idea of like, Complete unity with all the churches. Like, thank you for supporting us. We also support you. All these other churches, they're supporting you together. We're going to like fulfill God's mission. I know in uh, churches that we've been in the past, having um, all of our missionaries come together at certain parts of the year, it does give this really unique, unified feel to this group of people with the same mission. Um, Just feeling like hey, we've got each other's backs. Like, we'll take care of you. We know that you're taking care of us all for the glory of God. It's really cool.
1: Uh, One Bible nerd side note before we get into offending other believers. (laughs) Um, If you look at chapter 16, verse 7, Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Um, If you want to do a deep dive into Bible nerdery, Uh, There is a case being made that Junia is here a female apostle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because Junia is a female apostle, all of Paul's notes about um, like elders and apostles and leaders in the church being men could not possibly mean that women are not permitted because Junia was a female apostle. If you look at the verse uh, just for face value, it feels like quite a leap to assume that Junia is a female apostle. Do you see that? Do you?
0: To assume that she was? Yeah. Well, our, our Bible says that they were probably husband and wife.
1: Yeah. They are much more likely a husband and wife team. There has been some debate. Some people even say that um, some people will make the case that this is not a woman at all. This is just one man and another man. Not married, obviously. Um, but the, the more... <laughs> One of the more uh, prevalent cases today is that this is a husband and wife team. Um, it does not explicitly say they are apostles. It says they are known to the apostles. Yeah, um,
0: well known to the apostles is the the quote there. So it's,
1: it's just kind of a leap. And if you're trying to use one verse of one letter to overturn several other verses of several other letters... That, that's not a sound case to build a theology. Like it's like it, it's,
0: grasping at straws. Yeah,
1: it's it's a little bit of a stretch. So I obviously, I don't, I don't know who Junia was. I wasn't around it's then. It's a cool name. Um, but I think it's a, a stretch to say she was a female <laughs> apostle. All right, back to...
0: Back to the slippery slope. Causing
1: slopes. people to stop. Stum- Why do you think it's a slippery slope?
0: Mostly because you said, if you say that I can't eat this, and I say that you can't eat this... But we can both serve God. Like, you can go a lot of directions with that. Well, if I say this is my truth and that's your truth, then okay, fine.
1: Good. I'm glad you're bringing that slippery up. Slippery so slope. It does make sense that that is a slippery slope. So the important thing to understand from Romans 14 is that the assumption of Paul's letter is that he is writing to who? He's writing to Christians. He's writing to believers. Trying to say that I'm entitled to my truth and we might differ, that's already out of the picture because Paul's already assuming that this is a Christian audience. Well, good.
0: I'm glad you cleared that yeah, up. Yeah.
1: So the assumption here is that if you are both believers, how do you handle the fact um, that one person views one thing one way and one person views another thing one way. what's a, What's an example of that? Like what's something you can think of where there's like different Christian opinions on the same topic?
0: Drinking, yeah. smoking, sm- <laughs> uh, swearing.
1: Okay, so what was your what was your view of drinking when you were growing up?
0: So when I was growing up, I was definitely a part of a much more conservative church. Uh, we were a brethren in Christ background, so um, drinking, alcohol were like big no-nos, even though a lot of people <laughs> had occasional drinks, yeah. but they like kept it under the radar and how dare you tell anybody kind of thing. But it was generally frowned upon.
1: Yeah, I, I grew up the same way. I, actually, like, I did not drink a beer until I was 23 um, because I grew up just like abstaining and I didn't have any problem abstaining. Um, and in a lot of ways that was kind of like our, we saw that as like our witness kind of, which is, I don't know, it feels a little bit silly. Um, but I remember when I was 23, I was out with this group of guys and I was always the guy that like drank Coke, like at bars. Um, and I realized like, Oh, I think people will take me more seriously in this setting. If I'm not like drinking Coke, which is not like, that's not a theology. That's not a way to build Mm -hmm. your life or build your belief. I have found that in those settings, like, if, if you want people to listen to you, like, it is helpful to drink a beer at a bar. Uh, that is not a command. But I think this, like, shows the tension, I think, that Paul's trying to deal with.
0: Here's something I've noticed. So that we're talking, like, my younger years in this much more conservative church. We're talking, like, back in, like, I don't know, very, very early 2000s, yeah. late 90s, yeah. okay? So I have noticed that some of the people that I would say have been very... um very strict about those things at this point in life have been very lax about it. They just loosened Um, up a little bit. They've extremely loosened up about it, not to the point of, at least not that I've ever seen of um, being irresponsible, but like it's allowed. But what is interesting to me is that I think if we are not careful Mm
1: -hmm. with
0: passages like this, there are certain things that also come along and we say oh but we were so uptight about that before mm-hmm. i'm talking like explicit sins that are called mm-hmm. out in scripture we were we were just too like we were too um stiff about that i think there's room for people to be able mm-hmm. to be a part of god's kingdom we need to like treat them as whatever we shouldn't judge them for the things that they're doing and i think that is where we can get really hung up when there are things that yeah if that if there are things that make your your brother stumble, like drinking, like smoking, like swearing, then we want to be like very aware of those things. But if there are things that are specifically called out in the Bible, there is no room for sin that God has called sin. And I think if we're not careful, there can be those things where it's like, how oh, but remember like drinking like we used to think that was bad and now we do yeah. and it's fine same for some of those other explicit sins like i think it can be a very dangerous place to be
1: so this is an interesting uh, conversation because it it does like w- what the bible says is prohibited is prohibited um Period. drinking is not prohibited uh there there are people that would teach that it is i think that is a not a responsible way to handle the bible um, but I think another thing that is developing that I'm starting to notice is that I think that I have seen Christians that wear it as a badge of honor, that they drink too much, that it's like, it's almost like, well, you know, back in the nineties, we were so conservative and now we're like really worldly. And that's not good either. Mm-hmm. Um, because drunkenness is explicitly prohibited. And so then, I mean, then you can get into, well, how, how drunk is drunk? Like, and and I think when you're starting to make that argument, like you've already lost what, what's interesting here is that Paul's talking to weaker Christians and stronger Christians, and he's saying that if you are a stronger Christian, maybe you're more mature, maybe you have a handle on what Christian liberty, Christian freedom is, um, you are not allowed to cause someone to stumble. And I think we should take that pretty seriously. Like we are, we are not permitted to do that. So if you are somebody who is really excited about the fact that you have freedom to drink, and you're not willing to not drink around people who have, who are concerned, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you are now elevating your ability to drink above Christian love for somebody within the Christian community. So mm-hmm. it, it's a really interesting conversation. You could use this with any number of topics. It's funny that I was thinking of talking about drinking and then you were you thought about that as well. I feel like that's just the um, go-to. Language is another one I think. Um, I think you could get into some things like smoking. You could get into things like tattoos. Um, there's, there's so many different views on so many different things. And it is important that you understand that this chapter is written to believers. And it's actually just a a little bit later on. This is chapter 15, verse three, um, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach to follow me, this is where I want you to hear verse four, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. The reason I'm pointing this out is because Paul's appealing to the scriptures. He's saying like, you know, the scriptures, they were given to you for instruction. So obey them. And so there is room for, well, I believe I'm able to do this. You believe you're not within the context of you are a believer. You do understand the instruction of the scriptures. Uh, then we need to bear with one another and we need to care for one another. It's super important.
0: I think it's a really hard balance, too, because you can lean so far one way, um, but also like having the discernment to know like, OK, I need to be taking care of this person and their needs and think way beyond myself. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think it's it's very easy to become contentious and mm-hmm. like, well, you're just a baby believer. Like, I'm allowed to do this. Yeah. Like if the minute you make that case, you are wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that this these chapters prohibit that kind of attitude and that attitude doesn't seem to be Christ-like actually. <laughs>
0: nope, it it just
1: doesn't like uh, demanding on your preference or demanding on your own way. It just seems out of out of sorts. So we have officially wrapped up Romans. So as far as your part goes, uh, I think first of all, Paul did not do this alone. Uh, it's very clear from chapter 16 that he did this with many people around him. So I encourage you to be encouraged <laughs> by other believers Uh, who are building their lives on Jesus, building their lives on God's word, uh, and encouraging you in whatever ministry you're engaged in. And I also encourage you not to insist on your own way. Again, in the context of being a believer, in a context of following a life that's defined by the scriptures, do not insist on your own way, but rather encourage other believers who may see things a little bit different than you. uh, Do not insist on your own liberty when someone else's conscience is at stake. So we'll be back again tomorrow. I think we're jumping back into Acts to uh, capture Paul's journey a little bit more and we'll go from there. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's plan, your part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Romans chapter 14. As for the one who is weak, in faith welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the other who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. But what you eat do not destroy the one from whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for any one to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin.
0: Chapter 15 We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, The reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room to work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, And indeed, they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers, to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen.
1: Chapter 16 I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sencre, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many, and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches and the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epapanetus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelitus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet to those who belong to the family of Astrobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers of the Lord, Typhania and Thyphosia. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncretus, Phyligion, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Phylogus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles, contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So do Lucius and Jason and Sospiter, my kinsmen. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, greet you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Quartus, greet you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that has been kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings have been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions... Or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.